Hello everyone. I honestly, I honestly can't believe what I just watched. It really, it really felt like some meant to be shit. Like God was like, you know what? Fifty years. That's the anniversary. Actually, it's not the anniversary. I guess right. Maybe it is the anniversary. Like since they got established, since like the Clippers got established. But I can't. I like God was probably like, you know what? Fifty years is enough. So I I can't believe this game. Like I, I wasn't even like. I, my only reaction to some of these threes that the Clippers made was, I just smiled. I just smiled. I couldn't stop smiling. It was incredible. Like the shot making, some of them were wide open because Rudy. I'm gonna talk about Rudy later. Um, but some of the shots that they made, like uh, the game got tight, and what's his name, Patrick Beverly made like two contested ones. It's like what the fuck is going on? Like that's just meant to be shit. So you know, I'm happy for them, the Clippers. They seem more likable now. I don't know why. I think it's because Patrick Beverly's actually like playing a lot less, uh, and like generally, people like the younger players. And you know, when you see Terrence Mann out there doing good, it's like, oh, okay. You know, what? I actually can cheer for this guy. And uh, Terrence Mann, you know, this is a guy like this, like people are gonna give Ty Lue a lot of credit, and he deserves a lot of credit. But the fact that he wasn't playing Terrence Mann. In the Dallas series to start to start the series, and then he wasn't playing Terrence Mann to start the Utah series, and then they got down 0-2, and and then he plays them and he gets credit for playing the, playing him. But it's like, yo, you were playing him the entire regular season. Why aren't you trusting him in the playoffs? Why are you trusting all these old guys that he's very clearly better than? So that so that never made sense to me. Like people want to give Lou credit, and I guess he does deserve some credit for that. For like developing Terrence Mann throughout the season, for playing that small ball, for figuring it out eventually. But it's like, yo, you already had it figured out. You already had it figured out. You did this against the Mavericks. The Mavericks were the perfect matchup for you guys. The Jazz were the perfect matchup for you guys because they have big guys that protect the rim, and then you guys can play. But they're not like offensive weapons, so you can take advantage of playing small. And then you know they can't be. You know, protecting the rim because they have to worry about a good shooter out there. So, um, what's it called? Like with uh, KP, like KP. If you're gonna switch on to KP, and they throw the ball to KP, like, good, do it, do it a hundred times. We don't give a fuck. You want to throw the ball to Rudy Gobert? Go do it. We don't care. Why would we care about you passing the ball to Rudy Gobert? We don't care. And that's where I th- that's something that, I'd, if you're Rudy, I'm gonna talk about his defense later. But if you're Rudy, like, can you at least just, you're fucking huge and you're fucking tall as fuck. He's seven one. He's gotta be seven one at least. He's got the longest arms, probably in the league. Maybe I think Mobamba maybe. But like, your arms are huge. You're pretty strong, and you can't take advantage of like a six six guy, a six seven guy, a six eight guy, especially like. If you can't take advantage of like Kawhi Leonard, I understand because he's strong too, and like he he's like he's defensive player of the year type stuff. But like, you can't take advantage of Marcus Morris. You can't take advantage of Nick Batum. You can't take advantage of um, what's it called, Terrence Mann. You can't take advantage of Patrick Beverly. Like we can't throw you the ball at all. Like with anyone on you, we can't throw you the ball. That's insane. Like that's something he has to work on, because the only time he gets bucket is offensive rebounds, or it's a pick and roll, and it's like a traditional team defending him where they're like hedging or, you know, um, not switching it. So that's the only time he gets buckets, and it's like, yo, can you do something with it? Like, can we pass it to you, and just you just do like a power move? You you get the ball, you face up, not even face up, you just go right to the bucket. Can you do something like that? Like I don't just like. None of what none of Rudy makes any sense to me. So, you know, shout out to Ty Lue for realizing that. But like, it's taking him too long to realize, that, and I hope it doesn't take him this long to realize that against the Suns. And DeAndre Ayton, I think he he's like he's a lot like Rudy, but I think he's actually going to be able to take advantage. He should be able to take advantage of like the switching defense because let's be honest. This is what the Clippers are going to do against the Suns, too. 
you know, they're just going to switch every single thing. And, you know, they're going to they're gonna be like, okay, go give DeAndre the ball. And DeAndre, he's a, de- he's a pretty, he's actually like a decent shooter. Like, he's a really quick shooter. As soon as he gets the ball, he shoots it. He's got an okay jump hook. But I think he needs to, like, when you got the smaller players on you, it can't be, like, you can go to the hook, I guess, a little bit. But it's got to be to the rim. Like, you got to be going towards the rim. They're too small. Like, you can finish over them. They're too small. So, if DeAndre in, that's what he has to do. Um, but for the Clippers side, like, it, like I said, it, it felt meant to be. Like, some of the shots they were making, it was like, oh, okay, like, they're not losing tonight. They're just not losing tonight. They scored 50 points in the first half, and I was like, okay, game over. They don't have it in them because, the, you know, the Jazz scored 72, I think. So, I was like, okay, game over. They got nothing. And then the second half, they scored 81 points. 81 points in the second half. And, you know, they were the number one three-point shooting team in the league, 42%. And tonight, I think they shot 49%, 50%. So, like, you know, that, that was working for them tonight. And Terrence Mann, I think he made seven or eight threes. He got to the rim. Um, you know, he needs to, like, if Ty Lue cannot do this shit again. He cannot, like, not play Terrence Mann the first two games. Then you get down 0-2, and now it's like, oh, he's playing Terrence Mann, and Terrence Mann's playing great. And it's like, oh, let's give Ty Lue some credit. He's a genius. No, he can't, like, no. He's not a genius. He's a very good coach, but, like, he's not a fucking genius for doing something he should have already been doing. Other than that, like, what the fuck has gotten into Reggie Jackson? Why has he, why has he just turned into, like, Kyrie Irving? He, like, no one can stop him from getting to the rim. And he's become a great shooter. He's become a pretty decent passer. You know, and the shooting part, like, it's with range, too. Like, against the Mavericks in Game 7, he made, like, three, four, like, when the game got down to, like, eight points, seven points. He was making threes from, like, three, four feet behind the line. So, you know, I I don't know how long he can continue this. But if he can, like, he's going to get paid, 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 paid this offseason. And you know what? He's going to deserve it. I don't know how much, like, I don't know how much, but, like, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets 15 mil. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets, like, three years, 60 million from some team. I wouldn't be shocked. Because he is, I'm pretty sure he is kind of old. I think he's probably, like, 30, 31 now. So you don't want to give him, like, a four or five-year deal. But, like, a three-year, 50 mil, three-year, 60 mil, like, I would not be shocked at all if he gets that. Especially... I, if he's just like a 38, 39, 40% three-point shooter and he can just get to the rim whenever the fuck he wants now for, somehow, he's going to deserve it. Um, Terrence Matt, like I said, like wide open threes. And you know what? You got to give it to him for knocking them down. And just, he's very athletic. Like he, 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 he dunks the balls when he gets it like on the baseline. He dunks those. When he gets it under the rim, he dunks those. Um, he's got good size. He's kind of bulky too. Um, what else? Paul George had a good game. Like, he, he, he was really strong. You know, they kept doing the one-two pick and roll, getting Mike Conley or the Smalls on him, Jordan Clarkson on him, and he just took them to the post, and he made strong, powerful moves. And, you know, he's been really good. At, he's been really good, and if he can continue playing like this, ooh, then I think, like, you have to, like, really consider them as, like, championship contenders. He's been playing that well. But, you know, Terrence Mann had, like, 39, 36, I can't remember. Reggie Jackson had 27 points, 10 assists. You know, Paul George had another 27 in there. Patrick Beverly made threes. Like, everyone was getting in on the action. Like, it just felt meant to be. Like, and shout out, um, what's his name? Um, Nick Batum. Nick Batum. Because, although it does kind of, like, because I was thinking about it, like, a couple days ago. I was like, yo, like, someone has to ask him, like, did you just not give a fuck about Charlotte? Like, what? How are you such a valuable piece on a championship team? But in Charlotte, you are unplayable. Because it's not like the things that he's doing right now, he couldn't be doing for Charlotte. And even like in a much bigger role, or even or in just like an extended role. Like, he could be like spot up shooter, a great defender, like uh, keep the ball moving for the Charlotte team. They could have used that this year. So, like, that part does piss me off kind of bit. Like, you just kind of mailed it in for two seasons. And, like, I, didn't, I don't respect that part, but, like, I do, like, you, you have to talk about the way he's playing right now and the way he's playing right now 
it's insane. Like, he's become an elite shooter, spot-up shooter. He's become an elite spot-up shooter. He moves the ball. He drives it, kicks it out. I don't know why people are so worried about him driving it, though. Like, they close out to him like he's fucking LeBron in his front prime. I don't... So I don't understand that part, like... But, you know, they're, they're going to keep... If they're going to keep doing it... If they're going to keep collapsing on him, like, he, he's doing the right thing. He's, he's, he's finding the right man. You know, when Paul George drives and he gets in the paint and the defense claps and he passes it to him, like, he's either shooting it or he's, he's seeing the floor, like, really quickly and he knows what the next pass is. So, you know, shout out Nick Batum. And you know what? Though, I don't, his perimeter defense has not been that good. I would say it's been, like, a 7 out of 10. Like, in 2K terms, like, you know, you get up to a 99. I would say he's been, like, a a solid 77, 76, 77. But his help defense, it's been insane. Like, it's... I would honestly say his help defense right now is, like, top 90th percentile in the league for, like, a wing. Like, obviously, for a wing, yeah, for a wing, it's, like, top 95 percentile. Like, obviously, it's not as valuable as, like, a, a center or power forward, you know, their, their peak of a help defender because, you know, he's not, sh- blo- sh- he's not blocking shots, so he's not doing any of those things. But, like, he, his help, like, he's on a string out there. Like, he knows exactly where to be all the time. It's just really fun watching him on defense. Um you know, he has 16 points tonight, 7 rebounds, played 40 minutes. I think he played 42 the last one. Shout out Paul George. 46 minutes in a closeout game. Fucking, I love it. I fucking love it. 46 minutes. He said, quiet out. I don't give a fuck. I'll play 46 minutes. And I love that. You know, Patrick Beverly, like I said, he made 3 out of 4 threes. That's not something he's been doing this playoffs. Um, What else? They shot 51% as a team from three. Uh, 57% from three. I mean, from field goal, but... I think that I think that's... Okay, so yeah, Batum had two steals, three blocks. Like I said, he's been an elite, 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 elite help defender as a wing. Like, he's, he's like the small forward version right now of, like, Draymond. Like, Draymond's obviously much better because he's bigger, he can guard more people, and he's just a way better rim protector. And I feel like his hands are better, too. But... Batum is that of, like, a small forward version. But, like, I would say, like, peak LeBron is, like, that for, like, a Draymond comparison. So, I would say, so, like, LeBron would be, like, my 99th percentile. I would say Batum's at, like, a 90 percentile. He's not LeBron, but, like, because LeBron had, like, the explosion. He had the athleticism. He had the size and all that stuff. He could block shots at the rim. Uh, he could do a lot. He could do a lot of those things. Uh, Batum's not doing exactly that, but like he's been really fucking good. And I don't, I don't remember how old he is exactly, but I'm sure like a team might give him like a one year, eight million or something after this, because I don't know if he's like he's worth more than the minimum. I think he's playing for that right now. He's worth way more than that, especially if, if like you see, it's not like he's doing this in limited minutes. If he was doing this in like 24. 20 minute, 20, 24 minutes, then it's like, oh, okay, like, nah, nice player. But he's playing 40, 42, 43 minutes. So, like, they're relying on him, and he's delivering, and he's been really fun to watch. Um, all right, let's get to the Utah side. Donovan had a pretty good game. Actually, he had a really good game. Uh, I'm going to talk about him just a little bit later, like, tying him in with, like, Trey Young. But Donovan had a really good game. Mike Conley tried playing. He just didn't look right, like, Nothing about Mike Conley looks right tonight. I like the hair, though. I like, I like the hair that he's rocking. I do like that. My biggest takeaway from, like, the Utah side was... Not much, honestly. I feel like... Not much. Just because I think what they were missing is what Conley provides. And if Conley's not healthy, I don't know how to make... Like, what they were missing was another guy. And if Mike Conley's not healthy, like, he can't... Like, I don't know what to make of it. Like, it's not something that... It's like, oh, you guys got to get go into the offseason and address the second guy problem. It's because they have the second guy. Like, Mike Conley has been elite this season. So, like, they have the second guy. He's just injured. So, like, I don't... I'm not entirely sure what to make of that. Because, like, Donovan tried all he could. And, like, 
you know, Mike just Mike just didn't have it. He only played like twenty four minutes or something like that. He only had like five points. You know, he, he couldn't get to the rim. Like, so he just he just didn't have it in him. So like the thing that they're missing is that second guy, like the second ball handler, and they didn't have it. But they have him on the roster, so it's like. I actually I don't know if they're gonna have him in the roster next season because I'm not sure if Mike Conley is if his contract expired or not. But we'll see. Um, the biggest takeaway is Rudy Gobert. I'm never trusting this man again. I'm just not. I'm like because I talked like I already talked about like the offensive stuff. If he was a competent offensive player, I would trust it. But he is not a competent offensive player, so I can't trust him. Like, if he was someone that like, you don't play through from the post, okay, I don't care. That's fine. I don't care. That's okay with me. But if you're a guy that's 7'1", strong, you got the lo- long arms and all that stuff, and you can't take advantage of, like, um, like the mismatches, now that's, that, now that's too much. Because, you're de- like, because if you were able to offensively take advantage of that, and get just easy buckets shooting 50-60% from the field, but, like, on actual real volume, now now the Clippers can't play small ball. Like, that's the thing with, like... Like, people are going to talk about this with, like, oh, but Embiid's the same way. Like, you know, if if you play five out with him, it's going to happen to him too. No, no. Embiid's going to foul out Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, and all these players. Oh, it's going to happen to Jokic, even though... Like, Jokic is an end like defensive players so you're like you're not playing five out to get him out of the game but the, my point is like if Jokic was that guy on defense and you were like okay let's play five out to get him um, away from the rim it's like no no Jokic is gonna bully you put you in the basket that's what he's gonna do Carl Anthony Towns he's gonna put you in the basket you know what I mean like I, and I hope DeAndre in can do that like because I've been like, really enjoying DeAndre. This is what I've been waiting from DeAndre. Like, the whole defense and all that stuff, like, I think it's been pretty good. I think it's been a little overrated. But this is what, this is what, if he can take advantage of, like, the mismatches like this, then I think the Suns are going to probably win that series. Um, but, yeah, like, Rudy's defense, he, he played 42 minutes, which I do like, but it's like, he was a minus 30 or something. Minus 24 is because, one, He's not like an Anthony Davis where he's just going to be running up and down all over the court, running around the court, like, contesting shots. Like, some of those shots, it's like, I understand you don't, you want to give, you want to help, but, like, for him not to even go contest, that's just unacceptable. Unacceptable? Unacceptable. Not unacceptable. I don't think unacceptable. I don't think unacceptable is a word. It's unacceptable. Because... You're not even going out to contest when this guy has made seven fucking threes. And I get it's I guess I guess it's like a game plan where like we don't care how many threes he made. We're not but no no, you can't be like that. It can't be like that. No, like you have to adjust to that game. And Rudy just like kept leaving him open like at least run out to him. At least go contest. I don't like I've never understood that like people just let like these quote unquote you know, average shooters just shoot and they're like, you know, it's like, I understand giving, like giving someone like four or five feet of space, but like you watch Miami and the Spurs in the, like the 2013 and 2014 finals, like Kawhi's giving LeBron all this, not all the space, like he's giving like LeBron like five feet of space, but when LeBron shoots it, he's contesting. He's got the long arms, and he like he's gonna give LeBron five feet of space and be like, "Okay, we want you to shoot this," but I'm still gonna contest when you do shoot it. Rudy's like, "No, no, just shoot it. It's wide open. Don't worry. I'm 20 feet away." And Terrence Matt, like, you gotta give him credit too. Like I've said it so many times now, you gotta give him credit for knocking those down. Um, what else? Yeah, Rudy's defense. Like, if I'm not trusting him anymore, mainly because. Mainly because he can't take advantage of the small ball. And then, because if he could, like, they would put Zubak back in. Or whoever the fuck else. DeMarcus Cousins or whatever. And, you know, play, like, quote-unquote big. And do, like, the, you know, drop coverage and stuff like that. But, like, 
since he can't take advantage of the big men, I mean, the the wings that are on him or even, like, some, sometimes the smalls on him, it's like the Clippers have no incentive to go uh, big. So, like, and that, that helps, that hurts Rudy's defense because they're going to continue to play small. And it's like Rudy's not that effective when it, they're playing small. And this is the thing that, like, when Draymond talks about, like, yo, I'm the best defender in the league, and I agree with him. Because you can't do that with Draymond. You can't do that with Draymond. You can't do that with Anthony Davis. You know, you can't do any of that stuff with uh, Draymond and Anthony Davis. That's, what, that's why I probably think they're the two best defensive players in the league right now. Bam is... Uh, I don't think he's a. I don't think he's like third, and it's like, oh, it's not that big of a gap. No, I think there's probably like a, a decent gap between them, just because I don't think Bam's that great of a rim protector. So, yeah, like I think AD and Draymond are the two best defenders. Uh, Rudy, like he's just a regular season defender. I'm sorry, like unless unless it's the perfect and this, like, it's not like this is not gonna happen again. Like teams that are gonna, like there's only few matchups that. Rudy would be like great at like right now if you like just looked in the playoffs and like the whole playoffs like it worked against Memphis because Jonas you know he's not like a like a three point shooter uh, it, it would have worked against the Suns because DeAndre um, who else would have worked against who was the three seed Nuggets it would not have worked again like if like we saw it already it wouldn't like Jamal Murray and Jokic would have picked them apart again. Um, who was the four seed? The Clippers, we just saw it didn't work. The five seed was Luka. It wouldn't have worked against them either because Maxi and KP. Then it was six was Portland. It would have worked against Portland. Seven was the Lakers. It would not have worked against uh, Mark and AD. Especially AD. like Because AD would have like actually been like a drive to threat. Uh, a threat to drive the ball, so that definitely wouldn't have worked. Uh, the eight seed, yeah, like Grizzlies, it worked against. It probably would have worked against the Warriors as well, um, because the war, like Draymond, because Draymond's not a shooter, right? So like that's that's the difference. Like Draymond, like you can play small ball, but it's not really. Like, you can play small ball with Draymond, but it's like if he can't shoot, like like the Jazz aren't really gonna care. You know, with a problem when Draymond could shoot. Um, you go to the east, like one seed was what the the seventy sixers, like Embiid would have. Although they could have just put him on Ben Simmons then, so like I guess it could have worked. Like, but then they would have they wouldn't have anyone for Embiid, so I don't think it would have worked against them. Oh, actually, I guess it could have because you would just help off of Ben Simmons, so I guess it would have worked against the seventy sixers. Two seed, no Blake and like. I'm sure they would have been like, yeah, we'll put, we'll, we'll fucking put KD at center. Get you the fuck out of here, man. We'll, we'll put KD at center. So, yeah, it could have worked against... It wouldn't have worked against the Nets. Uh, three seed, Brooke Lopez. I guess it could have worked. He's not that good of a shooter. You could put him on Giannis, too. Um, four seed... Uh, who was the four seed? The Knicks would have worked against them. Hawks would have worked against them. Um... Six seed. Who was the six seed? Miami. Miami was a six seed. It would have worked against them. Seven seed was the Celtics. Uh, ooh, yeah, it would have worked against them, I guess. And the eight seed was the Wizards. It would have worked against them. So, like, you can see how it's really only working against the lower, lower tier seeds. Like, the real championship contenders, it's not really working against. Except for, I guess, the 76ers, but that's still, like, a maybe. And the Suns. And maybe, I guess, the Bucks. Uh, so, like, the type of game that Rudy plays, it's not... Like, it's so matchup dependent. And I, don't, that's, I don't like that in my, like, star. Like, he's not a superstar, but he's a star for sure. Like, obviously, he doesn't get the popularity of a star, but, like, his impact on the floor is of a star level. So, yeah, like, that, those were my only takeaways from this game. Like, I just don't know how to feel about Rudy. Like, I guess the way you feel about Rudy is all going to be matchup dependent. And, 
yeah, the other thing, the last thing I want to talk, talk about was Donovan and Trey because this happened to both of them. I don't mind Hero Ball. I really don't. What I mind is Tunnel Vision. And that, that's why I that's why I've always liked LeBron and like those like those mode of players because LeBron will take like the hero shots because you need someone to be a hero you need someone to take that tough like just get that tough contested three point step back like sometimes we do need you to do that but when you're driving and there's someone wide open. I don't want you to go hero ball and take it up against three people. I really don't. I want you to find Danny Green for it. I, I want you to find Danny Green for that wide open three. I do. Like, people kept making... Like, I, that was one of the dumbest things ever. When people made fun of LeBron for not taking the shot with three people on him and instead passing to Danny Green. I thought that was the dumbest thing I've, I might have ever seen. So, you know, I want... Like, that Corver shot, like, in that... In that play, I would have liked him to post up. I would have liked for that play to be a post up. Like for what that play was, I, yeah, I need you to pass it to Corver because he would he would have been going right, so he would have had to take like a off balance shot. And I think that's that's too extreme. So like that pass there was right, but I would have like I I would have just rather had like a like a post up or something for LeBron. And the spacing on that was fucking awful. It was like four players on one side. But, you know, with Donovan tonight, it was like... You know, I'm sure he had like a good efficient game. I think he made nine fucking threes. That's insane. But when he had the ball, it was a lot of... Alright, this is my team. I'm going to take all the shots. I'm not, like, like I said, I don't mind tunnel vision. I'm, I mean, I don't mind hero ball, but I don't like tunnel vision. Where you just miss wide open guys because you're like, I'm taking the shot. Like, he missed Boyan at least three times down the stretch. At least three times. Boyan's a really good fucking shooter. Like, you have to, you have to find him. I know he had nine assists, but, like, it should have been more than nine. So, and if you look at it, like, down the stretch, like, the good shots that he got, it was from other people. So, like, you have to trust the system at some point. You have to, like, you have to stop thinking about it like it's my team and I have to take all the fucking shots. You don't have to take all the shots. You know, you can have Mike make a play for you. You can, like, get into the paint and pass it out to, like, Boyan instead of taking, like, a weird floater that barely touches the rim. Ooh. And the other thing I noticed with Donovan is, like, his ball hand, like, his moves are very easy to figure out. Like, I'm, I'm sure if you just watch tape, like, even for, like, 30 minutes, like, oh, okay, that's what he does. It's like a, a quick, like, double crossover, and it's always going to his um, left side. So, like, that, that's what he likes to do. So, like, I get, like, he doesn't have, like, a bunch of combos to his ball handling and create, shot creating. Like, it's not a bunch of combos that he has. It's like a quick uh, crossover and then another crossover. So, I think he has to work on better combo, especially being, like, a small guy. Like, you can't just have one combo. Um, and that ties in with to the next game, the... the not the next game because it was the previous game, but it ties into the 76ers and the Hawks. Um, MB didn't have a great game. Seth Curry had another good game. Like he's turned into a fucking player, a player, I tell you. And I'm not sure how long he signed for, but like someone's gonna have to pay him some money uh, for his next contract because this is like two straight years where he shot 45 percent from three. Like he's not a high volume guy. He's not like Steph Werb. He can just get his three off whenever the fuck he wants. Like, sometimes he does need to, like, have players set him up or come off screens and stuff like that. Um, and he's, he's much smaller than Steph, too. Like, he's probably, like, 6'1", maybe 6'1 and a half. And he just doesn't look as big as Steph. Um, and his, his ball handling is not as crisp. So, you know, you, it makes sense why... Like, he can't be, like, the volume three-point shooter. But, like, he's turning... Like, he's a really good fucking shooter. He's got nice floaters and, like, nice little, like, uh, bank shots. So, like, 
when he's driving to the rim, like he'll he'll use the bank a lot. Like it's very nice. He's got a good game, and I like it. And he's added on to that. He just keeps adding on to it. So, you know, Seth Curry's like someone's gonna have to pay that man. And Embiid didn't really have a good game. I didn't like. You know, this keeps happening with Embiid where it's like, oh, you know, he looks good. Oh, he's healthy. He's healthy. You know, there's nothing wrong with him. And then it's like, oh, oh, right, he's playing on a torn meniscus. And that's what it looked like tonight. Um, Tobias was pretty good. My thing with Tobias and, like, players of that caliber, like Tobias, CJ McCollum, it's like, yo, you guys need to apply, like, some, like, the stats are there to help you improve your game. And Tobias Harris only taking three three-pointers. No, man, that's got to be five, six, seven threes from you. Like, that's how you get better. That's what you're supposed to do. But other than that, I think I, I thought he had a pretty okay game. Like, it was better than the two for 11, four points that he had. I think he had either 24 or 25 on, like, 20 shots. So, like, he was he was fine. Nothing too special. Um, I think Seth made six threes. So, like, you know, he's, he's definitely up the three-point shooting. You know, someone has to because Ben Simmons doesn't fucking shoot. Anyways, um, the other thing I noticed from this game was just how bad Ben Simmons is. You know, like, because I talked about a while ago just, like, Ben Simmons in the regular season is a top 25 player in the league. But in the playoffs, I would probably rather have, like, 40 players over him. That list might be even longer, honestly. I saw this man miss a layup and not just miss it he airballed a point blank layup airballed it I can't believe like if you're Joel Embiid and you're like you're watching this shit it's like yo trade this guy at halftime at halftime and he only played like 30 minutes and that was probably good for the team because he was in like foul trouble and stuff and that was probably like really good for the team just because you know, Maxi came in and, you know, he had 16 points. Um, what's it called? Other player, like, the bench wasn't that bad tonight for the 76ers. So, like, and you see with Maxi in there, you just see, like, an average point guard and just average offensive point guard. And you see how much that actually helps this team. Just an average point guard on offense. Because Ben Simmons is bad, 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 bad on offense. He is not good. And defensively, he's become, like, I always thought he was a little overrated just because, like, when people talk about defensive player of the year, I was like, no, he's not that. Like, he might be the best perimeter de- defender in the league, even though I don't think that's true either because I would rather have... I think OG is a better perimeter defender than him. I think Matisse is probably just as good as him. But, like, I think OG is probably the best perimeter defender in the league. But, like, I, I always thought Ben was a great perimeter defender. I just never thought, yeah, this guy is a defensive player of the year. You know, he's good enough for that. No, I never thought that. He he might, like, if everyone's... He might just be, like, the third de- best defensive player on his own team. Like, Embiid is the best defensive player on that team. And, you know, Matisse might just be as good as him. So, you know, he got in foul trouble. Like, he can't, he can't keep Trey in front of him. Um... He's just not good. Like, like it doesn't even matter if they win this series. I don't care if they win the next series. I don't care if they win the fucking finals. I'm trading him. Because we would be so much better. Like, if we won the finals with him, imagine if we had... I'm talking about, like, if I'm the 76 I'm not saying, like, we, like, I'm a 76 fan. But I'm like, if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm like, oh, we won the finals with Ben Simmons? Oh, imagine if we had, I don't know... Zach Levine in there. Imagine if we had Bradley Beal in there. Imagine if we had Damian Lillard in there. Imagine if we had, you know, any number of players in there instead of him. We would probably sweep the playoffs. Actually, no, that's not. That's too much. But like, you know what I mean. That's that's just my point. Like, you know what I mean. So, on like, on that end, like I, so 76ers they played good defense. You got to give them that. Like, they've been playing good defense most of the series. Like, they have. Like, it's very hard to play great defense for four straight quarters. Um, so, like, obviously, you, you might have, like, one or one quarter off or, like, something like that. Like, in game five, they had the fourth quarter where they gave up 40 points. That wasn't good. But, like, you know, overall, they still held them to, like, a good amount, like, a decent amount of points. Like, what you would, 
Like if if you went into a game and you're like, oh, we held them to like 109 points, you would take that. You know, the problem with that game was just they couldn't score. And that's a problem they're going to continue having with Ben Simmons. Until until he accepts that he's not a point guard and they get an actual point. Or, like, the other way that this could work is they get an actual point guard in there and Ben just turns into Draymond on offense. Like a different mold of Draymond on offense. That's the only other way that this could work. Like, he has to watch him, Doc, and beat, and that entire team just has to watch... Um, all of the Warriors, all of the, yeah, the Warriors from like 2016, 17, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and just watch all the possessions that Draymond has and how he's used when there's another center on the court. Or even when Draymond is the center. Because at that point, you can be like, okay, Ben, you know, you're the quote-unquote center. You're the, you're the Draymond in this. And Embiid is the, uh, what's it called? What's his name? Uh, Kevin Durant. Because, you know, when Draymond and Kevin Durant was in, were in there, it's like, it's the, sa- it's the same situation. So he just has to figure out his positioning on that. And, uh, yeah. Like, oh, you know what? You know what it should be? When Joel's posting up, Ben Simmons needs to be out there setting screens on for Seth Curry, for Tobias Harris. That's what he needs to be doing. So, like, his man just isn't in the, you know, because Ben just stands in the dunker spot and his man can just go easily help or whatever. But if if Ben is setting screens on for Seth Curry, like flare screens for him and Seth, I mean, uh, Tobias Harris, it's like, now, now Ben's man has to be occupied on that or he's giving up wide open threes or he's giving up cuts. So, you know, he needs to be doing more things like that. Whew. Uh, on the other side, you know, I talked about this with Donovan. You know, the the tunnel vision. Like, it happened with Trey, too. Like, And they're pumping Trey up a lot. You know, Lou was talking about, oh, he's a superstar. You know, he's a monster and all that stuff. And he's very fucking good. Trey Young is a very good fucking player. But, you know, you pump these players up and they're like, oh, you know, this is my team. And, you know, you start putting fucking nonsense into their head. Like, since this is my team, I have to take all the shots down the stretch, every single one. It's like, no, you don't. You were having a good, efficient game. Keep playing that game. Instead, he goes like one for six in the fourth quarter or something like that. No, you can't have that. You just got to keep playing your own game. You know, you got to take. You gotta sometimes be a hero, like take those end of uh, shot clock shots, you know, um, heaves and stuff like that. You have to take those shots, but you don't have to take, uh, you don't have to like, Get out tunnel vision and ignore your players out there. Even if, uh, you know, like Bogdan, he had a horrendous game tonight. A horrendous game. You know, he, has not been, he hasn't been very good in this series. You know, he's made some clutch shots. He's made some big shots. But, like, he hasn't been very good in the series. So, you know, he had a horrible game tonight. I think he had, like, 3 for 11 or something, 7 points. Um, you know, Kevin Herter had a pretty good game. Capella was pretty good. Collins, like I said, like he just gets invisible out there because of like the Trey and Capella pick and roll game. Um, you know, he can't like if you do a Trey and Collins, like he can't really roll to the rim as much. You know, he did dunk on Embiid, so you know that makes up for it. But you know, what's it called? Um, Lou Will had zero points. Um, Gallo was pretty good, I think. This, this is probably my this the point that everyone's probably gotten tired of me making. And, you know, I mentioned this in the first game, the Utah Clippers one, where I was like, oh, shit, Paul George, 46 minutes played. Trey Young is 22 years old. He played 40 minutes, and he was like a plus seven in this game. Why the fuck is Trey Young not playing 46 minutes? Why is he not doing that? Why did Kevin Herter play 44 minutes and Trey Young didn't? And why, why didn't Trey Young do 44 minutes? You know what I mean? Like he needs to be playing that type of minutes to close games out. Because now, instead of like closing games out, instead of closing this game out, now it's like, oh, now we got to play another game. And now you got to play another game. Instead, you would have had like time off because there's another game seven going on. So you would have had time off after closing them out tonight. 
But instead, no, now now you got to go to Philadelphia again and win. Well, you know, I guess they have won twice now, so it's not like inconceivable, but it's like you, you didn't have to do any of that. You could have just closed this out tonight by playing Trey Young 45 minutes. You know, so for game seven, ooh, it's, it's interesting because Embiid didn't have a great game. Ben didn't have a great game. So you could easily see Embiid going for 38 points, 17 rebounds. And, you know, Ben, like, playing in transition and doing some of the things, you know, getting out of his own head and, like, doing some good things out on the floor. So you could you could make that case where it's like, oh, the, the 76 is going to win. They're going to be at home as well. You know, this time they won't lose, like, a 26-point lead. But what? But the Hawks can be like, you know, Bogdan had an awful game. Lou Will was scoreless. So, like, they have something going for them as well. And Trey Young was a plus seven when he played. Embiid was a minus. Ben Simmons was a minus. So it's like, and you know, 76ers bench was a plus, and that usually never happens. So it's like, it, it, both teams are gonna have both teams are gonna go into Game Seven thinking they're gonna win because all of these things went wrong. And my guess, my my prediction for Game Sevens is always. The best player usually wins, so I'm going to go with 76ers win. Joel, 35 points, 17 rebounds, you know, 12 for 19 shooting, 15 free throws. You know, I'm I'm expecting something like that. And uh, I guess the last thing I had to talk about was, I didn't even know you could make trades right now. So the Celtics traded Kemba this year's first round pick 16th. And a like 2025 second rounder for Al Horford, a second round pick, and Moses Brown. Is it? I think it's Moses Brown. Like Moses Brown is good. Like I remember watching. Like he's he's good for like a backup center. Like he's decent for that. So what this does for both teams, for the Thunder, Kemba, like Shea's not like a point guard. Point guard. So you get like a point guard in there next to Shea. So you know Shea doesn't get fucking worn out out there you know he has he has like another 18 20 point scorer handling the ball who can create for Shea so Shea doesn't have to do so much like because Shea led the league in drives now I don't think he was gonna have to do that now I think he can spot up more he can attack off the catch so he can do those type of things now uh they get a first rounder of course because they have to take on Kemba's like contracts 37 mil and then another 37 mil so like they have to take that contract on um and what else? For okay, I think that's it. Yeah, that's that's why the, the and the Thunder, if they want, like if Kemba plays well, and next year he's only going to be a one-year deal, like someone might take that on, and you might get like a first for Kemba next year, or like even this year if he's playing really well. Like maybe the Lakers are like, yeah, we don't want Dennis anymore. Like we'll give you Kuzma and of. Man, I don't know. If, I don't know what the fuck they have, but we'll give you Kuzma for Kuzma and like salary for Kemba. Maybe they do something like that. Um, for the Celtics, <clears throat> they get rid of that horrendous contract, and now they're actually going to have like cap space going forward. I imagine they're going to sign Fournier back. I would not do that, or maybe I wouldn't sign him to like a long-term deal because if you look at their salary cap with Kemba gone and like two years from now two three years from now they're gonna have a chance to get like a third guy in there and that's what they really need like a like a real third guy you know next to Jalen and uh, Tatum so like they're gonna have the opportunity for that and um, they're gonna it's just more flexibility for them and if you look at Horford's contract it's 10 million less per year but like the last year it's only like 60% guaranteed like instead of paying 27 million it's gonna be like paying him 14 and a half million so you know you it's, it's only partially guaranteed you don't have to give him all the all, all the money so you know that's that's a plus for them as well um Brad making moves already um 
a 16th pick to get off Kemba, that's not that bad. Like, it's not that bad. Like, Kemba's contract was really that bad, and he's always injured, so it's like, you don't really know what to, you don't really know what to do of that. And my only thing, I don't, I don't hate this trade, but I don't like it. I don't love it. I don't like it or love it. I just feel, like, very neutral about it just because, like, as a Celtics fan, I love, I love, I love Time Lord. And it just feels like, unless Horford's going to play some four and five, it just feels like Time Lord's minutes are going to go down. Unless they're going to go smart and uh, smart Jalen, Tatum, Horford, Time Lord. And then, you know, some matchups they might tweet. And then, like, Horford's going to play some five. Uh, Moses is going to play like the backup like the backup five and Moses is going to play some of the backup five and they're going to do Horford Moses stuff like that so I guess I wouldn't mind it like that uh, Tristan Thompson's gone too like he has to be gone like there's no room for him on that team so Brad's going to find something for him as well um, interestingly enough like just just throwing this out there Tristan Thompson for Kyle Kuzma like I'm just saying I feel like that's a trade that like makes sense on both ends, but yeah, like I thought, I thought the trade was fine for like both sides. Like no one got fleeced here. Like I saw a lot of people talking about, oh, Presti's already fleecing Brad. I'm like, no, no, he's not. Unless like the pick turns out to be like the next Giannis Antetokounmpo, it's like no. And even if it does, like you don't know if the Celtics were gonna pick that guy. So it's not like a fleecing in any way. Like the Celtics get the Celtics get off of Kemba. Uh, they get a they get more cap flexibility to re-sign Fournier and like just make trades and stuff like that. Um, and the Thunder get a first rounder. So I thought it was a good trade for both teams. Um, and yeah, that's it. All right, thank you for listening, everyone.
coming up.